Welcome back folks to Two Bits One Puck. I'm your host, Mr. Intangibles, and a complicated man, Dan Masters, with my good friend, the president of the Leon Dreisaitl fan club and the leader of Hockey Human Resources, Will Everett. Will, how are you? Very well, mate. Very well. Long time no speak. Yeah, so of course we had a, we had a, a month break while I uh, caught up with family, went to London, which was dreadful, and you spent two weeks covered in weed and prostitutes, various bodily fluids on your stag do. So, how have you been? I'd, I've been all right. It was it was only a three day stag do, not a uh, oh, okay, not a two week one, and uh, no no prostitutes. I, I never get the whole like oh is your is your stag do you better better go out and shag a posse or whatever. And well, no, of the whole point of this is like I've committed myself to another human being in in the fact that I will you know share my entire life with you, specifically not shagging anyone else. Yeah, you've you've gotten to the point where you're willing to drop five figures to prove that. Why would you? <laughs> why, like, why? Why would you? I've been on a few of my friends' stag do's and they've been to strip clubs and that kind of thing. And I just went to Watton Towers because I was like, why would I go to a strip club? I don't see the point. Mate, I, I think it's this is bizarre. Like, I, don't, I don't get strip clubs full stop. Like, yeah, me neither. I, I understand like prostitutes and stuff like that. Strip clubs? What you're gonna you're gonna there's go to a, a strip a club with all your mates? And yeah. and get like get all aroused and not be able to do anything specifically not be able to do anything or else you're gonna get knocked out by some top bouncer. Yeah. And then what? Spend the rest of your night for rock on. Great. Yeah, I know. Right. Yeah, I, that's, I'm the same. I'm gonna pay, I'm gonna pay a woman who I can't touch to make me want to touch her, even though I can't touch her. Oh, well, that doesn't doesn't make any sense. It sounds like one of the circles of hell, doesn't it? Like. Yeah, it does, and I just think I just think as well. Like, if I can apply, if I apply myself properly, I can get this for free. You know, <laughs> like if I go to the gym, have a wash, have a good shave, cut my hair, look nice, go out, meet a nice girl, buy her a couple of drinks. There you go, Robert's your father's brother. We go back to my own place, and you know the uh, the bedroom tennis happens. Whereas just going into some place that's like the floors are sticky and. I feel it's like the girls are just being taken advantage of or something. And yeah, just how is that exciting in any way? It just it just isn't. <laughs> or why don't you just go to the pub and watch a bit of porn on your phone? You still yeah. can't you still can't do anything because you're in the pub. Drinks are probably cheaper and you, a wider selection of um of eye candy. It's okay. Well, speaking of things that um kind of you know legality and things like that. Here's our question of the week. Evgeny Kuznetsov has been suspended four years for being a coke fiend. And I feel we'll... I, feel I, don't, we'll, I don't think that's the specific terminology being used. No, that's what it said in the uh, IIHF report. I remember reading it. And Also, what's the name of Rene Farzell? is like, Evgeny, you've been found guilty of being an absolute sniff fiend, you dirty <laughs> little rotter. It should have done. And I feel, Will, after your trip to the... Uh, to the drug capital of Europe, <laughs> you might have a better idea about this than other people. So, uh, what what are your thoughts on this? I did. Um, we were walking, I believe, to go and smoke a spliff, potentially. Yeah. So, you know, I'd, I'd say you know, you know, three to one odds. So that's where we were walking, and a uh, a relatively small African gentleman wearing a pair of sunglasses, you know, verbally accosted us, saying. I forget what he offered. I think it was he might have had ecstasy, uh, definitely cocaine, potentially some other some other illicit class A's, and he kept shouting yellow at me because I was wearing a yellow and blue Pacamac. 
So that's all I learned about cocaine in a, in the great drug capital of Europe. So yeah, he's been he's been given the <laughs> given the boot, which I I mean, unless there's some other video out there proving that that Kuzi was doing the coke, like what is it illegal to be around coke now? Can you can you test NHL players for like you've been in a room which has contained cocaine, allegedly, like. Fuck it, let's hope they don't, or that lockout's going to come early, innit? Because we know players left playing in the league. <laughs> Fucking hell. Uh, we've had to go down to uh, the midget AAA to get a yeah. clean hockey player in North America. <laughs> Let, let's make no bones about it. Like every Wasn't there some, some Russian player a couple of years ago that said something about, like, yeah, everyone's smashing bare coke and it's just silly? Yeah, probably. But then, back like before, I say, it's, like, back it's one of those Russian worst kept secrets. Calling players arse lickers. It was like, yeah, everyone's smashing bare coke. Yeah, but it's one of the worst kept secrets anyway. Everyone knows it goes on. Even the fans know it goes on. It's so it's so ridiculous that <laughs> we're just like, oh my god, cocaine in, in the in hockey? Yeah, no shit. Four four years is a bit steep as well. I think. Unless there's other evidence they're not releasing, it seems it seems very steep to me. <laughs> <laughs> considering other things such as domestic abuse gets like a year well that odd well I was going to make a joke and now I can't you've uh, you've killed the mood sorry that's alright but I mean that... on anyway if there is other, other evidence Dan the IHF should have to release like a player safety style video <laughs> <laughs> as the footage shows <laughs> Russian centre Evgeny Kuznetsov takes the rolled up 50 shoves it in his schnoz <laughs> And proceeds to hoover up a mountain of Charlie. Um, yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah, this is the thing. You, know, you can't even have the whole thing of, like, oh, you know, Austin Watson doesn't play internationally for... I, can't, I don't know if he's Canadian or American, but yeah, he doesn't play internationally, so there's no point banning him. Slava yeah. Vinov and, and Semyon Varlamov not getting the same treatment at all. And to an extent, like, you know, none of it's necessarily... Well, obviously, domestic violence is not a good you know, role model, good example to be setting for, for young fans out there. Arguably, snorting coke, yeah, it's not it's not a good thing to be seeing, but I think domestic violence has a far worse impact on society than Koozie doing a couple of lines in the summer. Bloody hell. So, yeah, it's 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 disappointing. It's disappointing. Um, obviously, on, on one hand, you've got, like, yeah, he's, he's broken, broken the rules, so rules is rules but yeah the fact that there aren't rules to break around domestic violence is even more disappointing absolutely and here was my follow-up question to my original question of course one of Kuzi's capitals teammates has come out and said they're going to support him it was of course the bastion of light and heaven that was tom wilson and i was just wondering well this always happens when a player does something wrong or stupid I've said this before, I said this about um, Slava Voinov, was that I believed without a shadow of a doubt there would have been players in that organisation who would have taken him to one side and said, I know what you did, mate, it's fine. I I, I get you. I, I know you didn't mean to do those kinds of things. It's totally fine. It's totally fine, mate. I, I'm going to back you all the way. I can't say it publicly, but just you between you and me, I'm going to back you. And I feel like whenever a player does something dumb or stupid, there's always a teammate, at least one teammate, that says... Ah, no, we're going to stick by him. He's made a mistake. He's clearly going to be fine. And that leads to thinking, is there anything a player could do on a team that the entire team would then shun him? Well, the, the only thing, yeah, the sort of the last cardinal sin 
for any hockey player that does seem to be held up, you know, league-wide, fortunately. I mean, if a player had been standing on the logo in the locker room for more than a couple of minutes, then I assume he would be shunned by the entire league. Which is the only good. thing I could think of, the only thing I can think of would be like kicking the, the, kicking the, the dog, like kicking the team's dog or something like that. <laughs> because we don't give a shit about people, but like... If one player just goes off like just as a bad day and just tees off a puck and it hits the dog, they're just gonna oh, be like, "That'll be it. That would be it. That'd be it for them in life, not just hockey." That'd be it. I just really be sure. And all jokes aside, like, I bet you'd have more people angry if yeah, Slavovoid of beating his wife, uh, beating his dog up, than oh totally his wife up. With, totally. I don't doubt. know if the kings, I don't know if the kings have got a pup or not. I mean, every every team seems to have one, but. If Slava Voinov had done something to the team dog, I guarantee he would have got way more shunned than the things he did to his wife. And I'm not saying the Kings players are all supporting him after what he did to his wife, but I guarantee you there's going to be at least a couple of them who are just like, nah, he's not that kind of guy, he just made a mistake. I just know it. Whether it's a dog, <laughs> they'd be like, no, that's it. I can't I can't even look at him anymore, it's terrible. If, uh, if yeah, I know, I know JT Brown did his part and power to him, but do you think if a player took a knee, they'd be shunned by, uh, oh, by Christ, the rest of the yeah. league? Or... I mean, bloody hell, JT Brown still took his helmet off and just raised a fist, but uh, that was bad enough. Yeah, that's a good point as well. Yeah, you can... <laughs> it's just... It... Oh, God. It's just so bad. It's so terrible. It's so terrible. You can you can assault your wife, stroke girlfriend, stroke fiancé, but God forbid you don't stand up for a song. <laughs> God. God forbid you be black in the NHL. Like, Fucking yeah. hell. Oh. Aren't you missed us, everybody? Aren't you glad we're back with this cheery? I'm, I'm, I'm really <laughs> glad we're back. I'm really glad. Well, while, while we're talking about while we're talking about African North Americans in uh, in the NHL, um, yes, Evander Kane. Evander Kane, did you see that today? I know you did. Power, power to Evander Kane. Yeah, I know there's issues issues there as well. Which it you know makes it makes it hard. Still, nobody deserves to suffer suffer racial abuse, and good on him for for exposing for exposing him. For, for anyone who didn't see, he just screenshotted some comments on one of his Instagram posts. One of them saying "stick to basketball." Yeah, wrote a little thing saying, "This isn't even a particularly standout incident. This happens every single day, in the rink, on social media, whatever it is like." This has to stop, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I think we just got to keep exposing people for it, you know, yeah. putting people on blast, as they say. Like, like with uh, who was that guy, Andrew Robertson? Was it? Go on. I don't, I don't even know his name because he's he's nothing, but he's some Canadian media type who was saying about PK. Oh, not, PK, yeah, mate. PK not putting enough videos of him training on his Instagram or social media or whatever, and I was just. You know, unrelatedly browsing PK's Instagram the other day, and I was like, "There's thousands of videos of him on the rink here, like from this summer." So, not only is this guy really poorly masking his racism, he's not even like factually accurate. But like, <laughs> it'd be one thing if PK hadn't put any training videos on, which he's perfectly within his right to do. But like, yes, <laughs> what, what, what do you what do you want? Well, I don't know. Jesus, like just, just come out and start dropping some N-words, Jesus Christ. I mean, I don't, yeah, let's not go into it crazily, but if PK just kept putting pictures on of himself sat at the beach or lounging by his pool, 
like these people to be be saying the same thing. While not surprised, he's not won a Stanley Cup yet. He's just not even putting the effort in. So he just takes you know videos of himself trying to fucking crush it at the gym, trying to get ready for the season, and people are still like, "Oh great, another PK workout video, eh? Have another players done those? Like, oh god, shut up! Like, who cares? Who cares? What's he put on his Instagram? You can do every once. Fucking yeah, hell! The the summer doesn't matter until day one of the season. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you can. Any any player could post a, a picture every single day eating an entire baked cheesecake and then like drinking fourteen beers while watching The Simpsons or whatever. For first game of the season, if they're fine, if they're playing to the standard you'd expect, whatever. Only if they're not, you could be like, wow, probably probably shouldn't have had fifty cheesecakes over the last two months. But here we are. I know. Christ almighty. On that cheery note, should we start the show? Hmm. I reckon so. Let's get back to jokes. All right, then. Let's bounce around the world. I will start this week with the Thai World Hockey League. The, uh, the TWHL was founded by American Scott Whitcomb and the Canadian Scott Murray in the year 2003, who both at the time were playing in Thailand. As with, as with all of these leagues that I find, there's always a, a snafu or some kind of problem. And in the 2015 season, the organisers decided to take a year off, which then became permanent. <laughs> which I just thought was, I don't know, that line just made me laugh. But this led to the formation of the, the Siam Hockey League, which was organised by former Thai World Hockey League players and staff. And there's also a summer league run by locals, which is the Bangkok Ice Hockey League. And as with all of these, one of the best things is the names of the teams and the names of some of the tournaments. Two of the tournaments organised by the Bangkok Ice Hockey League or the Siam Hockey League are the Land of Smiles Classic and the City of Angels Cup. Which just Mate. sounds beautiful. That's much. That, that's really beautiful. That's the best I thing know. ever. For the last point of this, I'm going to read you some of the team names from uh, from this league. We've got the uh, the Klong Toey Whalers, the Office Bar Bruins, the Curve Contracting Coyotes. T- wait, Turd Contracting. Curve. Oh, Curve. It's cause... Curve Contracting Coyotes. <laughs> the Turd Contracting Coyotes. Which then I think merged with another team to become the Curve Interior Specialist Coyotes. <laughs> There's the Wall Street Warriors. Yeah, oh, mate, that's powerful. The B&H Hospital Blades, <laughs> which sounds like some kind of contraption from one of the Saw movies. Mate, I hope their their logo's like a scalpel or something. Oh, yeah, it should be. Oh, mate, and the some sport... proper bloody surgeon wielding like a <laughs> stick-sized scalpel. <laughs> Just yes. Jason from Friday the 13th and like a, a doctor's coat, a big white yeah. doctor's coat. What more would you ask for? And the, uh, and the Sport Corner Snipers, which sounds terrifying as well. I don't, you, mate, if you're calling your team the Snipers, you better hope that you're banging in goals left, right and centre. <laughs> if, if they're like last in the league for, for goals scored. Instead of having like a siren, you know they have the, uh, the siren for the goal, it should be like a Sniper's dot on the, like, <laughs> like on the opposite team, like just a single red dot. Every time you score a goal, there we go. The Thai World Hockey League. So, so every every week, it's just 
highlights how bad, how dull the NHL is compared to every single hockey league around the world. I know, I know. For for mine this week, Dan, I've got um, I've got a, a relatively small league. Only started up a few few years ago, so you know, still gaining traction on the world stage. It's the EASHL, which uh, stands for the EA Sports Hockey League. Oh, lovely! Uh, yes, it's, oh, it's a fantastic little venture. Um, t- you know, teams based around the world, internationally based, which uh, has got to be a bit of an issue logistically, but they seem to make it work. Games played at any time of day, multiple games a day, uh, by various and sundry players. So a lot of a lot of analytics in there. A lot of computer based stuff. Which is yeah. uh, which is odd. I mean, yeah, it's it's pretty, pretty groundbreaking. Um, well, computers are the future, will you know? I mean, so I've heard, but I've I'm yet to see it. Not I'm true. yet to see it. Players have different player classes. There there are leagues. You can customize it. Uh, yeah, EASHL. It's uh, it's gonna take over the world soon enough, I reckon. See, as, as we've just said, you can play a game at any time of the day, anywhere around the world. I mean, how can the NHL not have implemented that yet? It, it just seems so simple for the places to do it. That that's the thing. That's the thing. And I think the 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 other thing that the ASHL has over NHL is the fact that there are thousands of other sub leagues within the league, whereas the NHL can barely run one league at a time. So that's a good point. A good they point. really, you know, to to say that you are, you know, the world's premier hockey league. And barely managed thirty-one, soon to be thirty-two teams. It's, it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. <laughs> it's terrifying how true this is, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, all, all jokes aside, it's it's pretty poor. Yeah, all jokes aside, they, yeah, it is true. They can barely manage thirty-one teams without one of them needing a new stadium or having like massive scandals or something going on all the bloody time. <sighs> is, it, oh, is it funny right. how quiet the Senators have been over the summer? It's annoying for me. So now, nah, same with the Oilers. It's just, yeah. I don't know. Oh, but... know aside, well, yeah, there's a, a couple of bits, which we'll get into later, but, you know, it's not like if, you know, if we'd have the Teflon Don still there, it would have been just all guns blazing. The the thing with the Oilers is I feel like that's just Ken Holland has actually, you know, steadied the ship and, and yeah, this might sure. be sort of par for the course moving forward. With the Senators, I can't help but think that Melnick has just not been at the Senators since... <laughs> The last game of the season. Largely. He's just been at his Barbados house the whole time. Not paying First attention. day of training camp, it's just going to go straight back into full <laughs> throttle and it's just going to be insanity. <laughs> like, you know, that would be amazing. Stopped. That would be amazing. He just turns up on day one and just all hell breaks loose immediately. <laughs> do, do you ever see those, like, um, you know, behind the scenes, like the speeches that the GMs will give to... Uh, to like rookies at the start of training oh, yeah. camp or whatever. I just want to see Melnick come in and do one of those for like all these new senators. Like, right, you've all got to sign your your organ donation forms. I want <laughs> there's a blood taking station over yonder. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna get heart measurements. We're gonna get liver measurements. I've already been tested for all those things with the doctor. No, no, I mean actual measurements, like how big they are. They're going to fit. That's what Genuine. I need to know. Yeah. <laughs> Please find your new gear in the uh, lost and found bin. <laughs> like a kid's first day at school. Have you got your kit? No, sir. Get over there. Get in the bin. Find the old, find the old jerseys from ten years ago. Mister Melnick, these gloves say Alfredson number eleven on them. What? <laughs> and they don't fit. <laughs> <laughs> Quite a few. 
Let's move on to not hockey news. I still can't talk about politics, Will, because I might say something that will get me put on more watch lists than I'm already on. So I'm going to try and avoid that because it's just... <sighs> I think there was something politics related that I was going to bring up, but I forgot before I wrote it down. So um, we've all been Good. saved there. Yes, yes, I'm me. So this story, which I'm going to uh, look at, is something from the future. Because it's a space crime. Now, oh yes, that was that was what it was. That's what it was. <laughs> so, astronaut Anne McLean is accused of accessing her ex-wife's financial records and identity theft while she was on board the International Space Station. Mate. This is amazing. I'm not being funny, but you know, these LGBTQ folk coming over here. Stealing our identities from space, like <laughs> I know it's not enough now that gay people can get married. Now they're making up all these new crimes. What's next? <laughs> this is what the space force was meant to save us from, isn't it? That's <laughs> true. Her ex-partner, uh, Summer Warden, which is an amazing name, has lodged a complaint with NASA's Inspector General, which is oh my god, to commit a space crime. And then have it be investigated by the Inspector General of NASA. Just, God, what's not to love about this? Of course, uh, Ms. McLean has denied all sort of... She, and she said she said she accessed the records, but she was just checking on things to do with the custody of their children and how the finances were being managed. She's not done anything else wrong. That's a bit, that's a bit awkward. I do sure think as well, though, if she's, if she's found guilty, she has to be tried in a space courtroom, right? You'd, you'd have thought so, yeah. Yeah. Or does it? And it's just got. It's just got to space jail. <laughs> or does she have to be? If they have a court on the ISS, it's got to be, isn't it? They're gonna have to put some judge in training for like a year <laughs> to get him up there to just do the trial. <laughs> if she if she does if she gets acquitted, just because it's gonna be too much faff to give her a fair <laughs> yeah. trial. But is it is it not like an international waters kind of thing? That's what she, I thought. Surely, if you can do crime out in the middle of the ocean, you should be able to do crime in space. Surely, like that's got to be. I'd, I'd say it's more illegal to do things out of sea than it is in space. Yeah, totally. Also, yeah, like, how... actually, yeah, it's a good point. What would because what would have happened if she'd done this? Yeah, like you say, if she was just like a submariner or something, or in the in the Royal Navy or something, and she'd gone out to sea and done this, would it have been the same thing? And the thing that I've, I've been a bit gobsmacked about this is like, what she's. So she's hacking into her ex-wife's like what bank accounts and that from space. Well, they sh- they have they so, have so she can just of a get child. On, like, yeah, yeah, but like and she, she, can... and she, yeah, she basically went into her sort of ex's financial records to, and she, as she says, to make sure, you know, she was sort of taking care of the child properly financially and things like that. It's it's just the idea that if she could, she was probably just doing that on what the NatWest online banking site or whatever. <laughs> so she she's. She's getting on that. She's getting on normal websites from space. But after that, she's just boshed onto YouTube and had a little tear on some bloody like cat videos or whatever. Like it's two thousand six. I just the idea you know of normal internet in space. I was expecting all the computers to be like black backgrounds with green writing and shit like that. Or just no computer. But she she got a phone up there. I assume it was on a computer. They have computers and stuff up there, obviously, because you know the whole bloody thing's a giant computer, basically. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah but I thought the they were like, stuff, but... I thought they were like proper computers. You know, what I mean, like supercomputers, not like. Yeah, me too. Not that you like just like got... jump on Google. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's she's smashing out that um that pinball game from Windows XP. 
<laughs> you, you know just what I mean? Minesweeper. <laughs> I've just got a fucking PlayStation up there or something. Do you know what as well? The bank, one of the banks is missing a trick because they should go to Anne McLean and say, "What? who do you bank with? Say, I know she's an American, but say for arguments, say it's Bank of America then, for example. She says, oh, well, I, I use Bank of America. The next day there should be a Bank of America advert saying, does your bank work in space? Because ours does. Oh, mate. I, I want it to be Bank of Halifax so we can send Howard to space. <laughs> no. Bring him back. How could you? Space crime. There you go. How are you going to beat that for your not hockey news? Um, I mean, it's it's not as good as uh, as space crime, but arguably as monumental, monumental as a uh, Berry have been uh, expelled from oh, the English Football League. Dan, God, yeah. My uh, my understanding is uh, no one wants to buy Berry. Uh, they ain't got no money, so uh, the the FA said, oh, "Off you fuck." You ain't yeah. got any cash. Essentially, they can't. They they can't prove they are financially stable and won't be in the upcoming months, stroke, years. So Mate, they've how, been expelled from the Football League. How financially stable do you have to be to run a League 2 club? You pay your bloody players in scratch cards, don't you? I know, I don't know. I don't know. Clearly, it's, I mean, clearly, I mean, they must have had loads of debts as well. So they've obviously oh, yeah. not been cleared or anything. And then, <laughs> yeah, nobody wants to buy them. So if you've got debts and nobody wants to buy them, I mean, well, I mean, there's nothing else to happen. It's just annoying when you think that. There are there are football players playing in the Premier because Berry, if you don't know, if you don't follow soccer, Berry is a lower league team, so they're not obviously one of the Premier League teams clearly. But there'll be players playing in the Premier League who just sit on the substitutes bench every week who could probably who could probably afford to buy Berry on their own, and and nothing's been done to help them. It was a it was a seven million pound takeover bid that was thwarted or fell through before the deadline. So what seven million seven divided by fifty two. Sort of seven hundred grand. So if you're earning what hundred and fifty grand a year, so yeah, a bench player for Man City, say you could buy. No, one fifty a week. No, one hundred fifty. One fifty a year. week. Yeah, so one fifty a week. Yeah, bench player for Man City could have bought Berry with a year's wages. Yeah, no. Which is easily. And and uh, yeah, they are a lower league team, so they haven't played in the Prem, but they have been in league football for a hundred and twenty-five years. That's older than the NHL itself. I know. And they've been, they've been, they've been playing professional football for longer than the NHL, for longer than hockey has existed, basically. Give or take, which is which is mental. And so, I'd, as a as a man who I assume has more familiarity with this sort of stuff than I do, do they just have to start in like the Iceman League and stuff like that now? No, or, as far or, as I know, you start right from the bottom, as in from even, because even they can't be they can't go back to being professional. They're obviously now they're now going to start again, whatever they start as. I guess Isn't like Wimbledon, they just start they... playing on the moors on a Sunday afternoon. Like, like it's a be... basic. It's Sunday league, essentially. And like Berry, Berry can't can't exist anymore, can they? Berry FC, they'll have to start no. as like AFC Berry or whatever. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's what they'll do. They'll be yeah. AFC Berry or another name Berry. or whatever they are. Which is, which is, I, I kind of like it. I quite like it actually. Like the whole idea of like, now nah, that team is dead, dead, dead. You can't like even if you start a new club, you can't use that name. Yeah, I mean it worked. For, I mean Wimbledon did it. Wimbledon are a league team mm. again. They're back in the football league after being like like in like the tenth level of English football. And they, and they rose so quickly. Yeah, they did. But then Barry's not got the same cachet as Wimbledon. Wimbledon was oh, a team that... that was kind of stolen, and people still had an affinity for them. They didn't want to leave. Yeah, so that they, was... they became a different team. 
that was so, a different situation. Yeah, the, like the only team that's ever relocated in the history of. Uh, are they the only team that's relocated? Do you reckon? I mean, yeah, as in sort of in in recent memory, because obviously teams did it all the time way back in the day. But oh yeah, for God, as long as I can remember, they're the only team that's relocated. It's not like American sports where you your t- your city can essentially lose a team. Like oh sorry, we don't play in. We're not. <laughs> We're not the Hartford Whalers anymore. <laughs> We're going to go over here instead. Like, oh, okay, mean, bye then. Do you mean the LA St. Louis LA Rams? <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, or something like that. Like soccer teams in England are in that town. That's it. That's the town. You, you know, you <laughs> can't just... Until you run out of money and then you don't exist. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But Barry, yeah, that's it. They're gone. They uh, they no longer exist. That's, it's a fucking... It's a shambles is what it is. It's a shambles. I also just wanted to touch on a slight uh, linguistic psychology uh, point about this, uh, about Berry. Because as much as, you know, in the context of burying people, I will say Berry. Whenever I see, like, Berry St. Edmunds or Berry, it's Burry. <laughs> Burry St. Edmunds. Burry Town Football Club. Like, no, it is Berry. Yeah, but it's Burry, though, isn't it? No, it's Barry. Yeah, but it's, it's Barry. <laughs> All right. It is. Let me ask you a question. If you're going to bury a body, how do you spell that? Yeah, B-U-R-Y. Like, I, I, I get that. I get that. But if I see... I don't think you do. I don't, no, I do. I, 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 I don't get why I don't get it. Like, if I see it <laughs> if I see it written down, like, you know, Dan buried the body. Yeah, okay, yeah, he's buried the body. But if I see Boris and Edmonds, it's Boris and Edmonds. I can't. There's just if you if you're using it as a noun, it's Bory. And not, I know we've got some messed up enunciations in this in this language of ours, but oh Christ, I'll say bloody how how is B U R Y, Berry? Are we going to turn this into two English majors, one apostrophe or something? I don't know. <laughs> no, no, we're going to turn it into two O two O levels. One, <laughs> <laughs> one, I one, whatever. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, let's not get into that because we could do this all day because the English language is weird and stupid. Yeah, you're right. So R.I.P. Burry and um, until long live Burry. Long live Burry. Okay, I'll let you start with a close but not quite this week. Oh, mate, left or right? Which one do you want me to start with? Left. Left. Mitchell Marnell is a... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> all right, before you start, this is amazing. I swear... I swear, I spent one of my entire lunches typing in Mitch Barner, Mitch Carner, Mitch Garner, Mitch Barner. <laughs> Mitch oh, I, just, I couldn't find anything. I couldn't find anything. Oh, mate, but you did not try hard enough. Um, Are you right? He's a he's assurance staff at EY. I don't know what that is. EY is oh they're like oh he's a tax man. He's in tax man. Of course, what? he's involved with money. What a bastard. He uh, works out of Cincinnati, Ohio. Uh, oh, went okay. to the University of Toledo. He's eager to learn, according to his LinkedIn. Uh, he was a camp <laughs> counsellor uh, in eager the summer of learn. 2017. I love people who put, I'm eager to learn. I'd love to be so, in an interview one day and go, what do you hate doing? I fucking hate learning, mate. I don't want to know anything. Absolutely. I just want to know what I know now, and that's it. Absolutely hate it. It's, it's kind of a nice story, because now he's he's working in the assurance team. Uh, as an accountant for EY, uh, he did his uh, his internship while at college at EY oh, in the lovely. insurance team. So that's that's a nice little homecoming story for Mitchell Marnell. Hopefully, we can have a similar story repeated 
after he after Marner signs an offer sheet with uh, with the Canucks. Just a quick question before we start: Have you got an RFA double bill? Yes. Yes, so have I. Okay. <laughs> Go on, hit me, hit me with your first one. Okay, Kyle Bonner is a <laughs> clinical social worker and therapist from Princeton, New Jersey. I, I feel very bad because at, at first I was thinking, who? <laughs> what? What, <laughs> what does this have to do with anything? Yeah. Sorry. You know sorry, the Jets, not Patrick Liney, the other one. <laughs> yeah, the other one that's really, really, really good and nobody yeah. remembers. Yeah. Uh, through compassion, humour and gentle challenge, uh, he can create a supportive environment to help people overcome temporary setbacks, heal old wounds, and create a life worth living. Oh, that's Which really I think good. Is, that's lovely. My second one is Mitch Barner. <laughs> I swear I typed in Mitch Barner. I swear. You didn't, maybe I didn't. You didn't type it properly. Um, <laughs> Mitch Barner. He's a, he's a vice president and an investigation senior manager for Citibank. So we've got two oh my money God. grabbing <laughs> wankers. There's something in the name. It really is. There really is. Formerly of uh, Bank Bank of America, and again, formerly of Citibank. Prior to that, so I think I think this is sort of a a bit forecasting of the future. I think you know, Marner's going to go somewhere. Then he's going to come back, still be a money grabbing piece of shit. Um, went to East Carolina University, specialises in certified anti money laundering specialists. Been eight eight years at Citibank. Congratulations, Mitch. Well, if you're ever in the Sioux Falls part of South Dakota mm-hmm. and uh, need somewhere to live, then look no further than the Hayden Point Apartments. <laughs> Situated in between three pizza places and right down the road from the Sioux Falls Country Club, Hayden Point Apartments satisfy all your needs. Pet friendly, <laughs> open, open space and a thriving community. Yes, what? What, what sort of second-rate country club has three pizza places and an estate agent like in, in walking distance from it? Like, I don't know. I mean, I'm not a country club type myself, Dan. Surprise, surprise. But um, No, me neither. I, I feel if I ever went to one and, and I walked past Top's Pizza three times, I'd be um, yeah a little bit disappointed. Yeah, well, obviously, the only thing with the Hayden Point apartments is that there were rumours that this set of apartments was initially one of the best ever. But it turns out an apartment complex in Columbus has just been refurbished, and that one's actually way better than that. So Hayden Point apartments, good, but not as good as we thought. That's a shame. That really really is. Okay, news this week and for the past few weeks. We're going to be kind of all over the place because everything's kind of interlinked. RFAs, people talking, contracts... Bloody free agents, new hires, retirees, everything. So, we'll start with the quick things first. Uh, any thoughts on Cam Ward retiring? No. Great. Let's move on. The Wild have a new GM. Which, oh, is that... <laughs> Do you have any thoughts about Cam Ward retiring? No, no. I, don't. I was expecting to be pressed a bit more, but uh, no, no, I, I don't. Whatever. I mean, a nine nine oh eight say percentage, decent. You know, not too bad. Won a cup. That's very important, obviously. I think I think there are there are very few backup goalies who I'm going to care about retiring. Fantastic point. The Minnesota Wild have a new GM. Bill Guerin is the man. He uh, was assistant in Pittsburgh and seems to fit all the kind of 
profiles of what a recent GM needs to be. He has Stanley Cups to his name, has had recent success. And I will say his promotional picture that they used was terrible. Oh, I, I would be very annoyed if I was him with the PR department. It, it looks like the photo that gets taken by like the club photographer uh, when you're in Magaluf and you've, <laughs> you've maybe, had, maybe had half a pill too many and, and you're sweating your nut off. Um, I was gonna say he looked like a beat. He looked like he just he'd like he just come from Mars without a mask. We, we we can't we can't rule out the fact that he wasn't absolutely buzzing his tits off. We can't. No, not at all. Not at we, all. We genuinely can't. Genuinely can't. He just um, got back from Creamfields or something. Seen Judge Jewel, and then he announced it in bang face. He's um, <laughs> yeah, you know, he's he's a a well well regarded assistant GM. Uh, he's been serving under a, again a well regarded GM for a number of years now he's got a lot of experience under his belt learning from one of the best I'm sure that's really going to work out for, for the Minnesota Wild I can't see Absolutely. that ever, something I, ever going wrong for him just something I did see on the Wild did you see Did you see what Leopold said about Fenton in his because I missed this I don't, I don't know if this happened before we spoke last time but <laughs> I don't, I don't think that that Russo expose I think came out after we've said about it. I, I definitely this is the, I can't remember. An amazing. Said, this is an amazing burial by Craig Leopold about Paul Fenton. He David said burial. he said that he <laughs> burial. Oh, nice. He said that the only things Paul Fenton lacked as a GM was organization, strategy, management, and motivation. <laughs> what you fucking That's amazing then? That's amazing. He said he was good at being an agent type, and that was it. He said FNL. It's like yeah, organization, strategy, management, and motivation. Why the fuck would you hire him then, mate? Oh my that, god, that Russo piece for for anyone out there who's listening and doesn't subscribe to the Athletic, get it now just so you can read the Michael Russo piece about Paul Fenton's tenure as a Wild GM. It is to use a very apt phrase. Wild! It is absolutely mental. Yeah, just the way this guy was treating existing members of staff, the way he conducted his business. Oh, it's just, just beautiful. The whole bit about his son being, um, being instead. Cause, oh, because we haven't, you haven't read it, have you? No, I said, I said to you, because so, I've not read it. So I said to you, yeah, just, just like throw a few bits out on the show. And and here we are. Here we are. All right. All right. All right. Yeah. Oh, mate, have you? I swear, every podcast around has spoken about it, so you must have learned some of it by now. But anyway, the beautiful, tragic, like Shakespearean part of it. All right, so he comes in, he basically naffs off all the existing high ups, like yo, know, people have been with the franchise for donkey's years. Comes in and like yo, know, puts his finger up to him and says, "Now, nah, like yeah, like yo, know, taken away." There was like an assistant GM who was apparently really good at negotiating contracts. Um, he stripped his title of assistant GM and still expected him to negotiate contracts. So apparently it turned into all these agents saying, like, mate, I'm not talking to this guy, so he's not even an assistant GM. He, oh, my God. So he he really hated leaks, like information leaks and stuff. So, like, when news came out about them sniffing around Kevin Fiala and, uh, oh, yeah. and stuff like that, he'd just go ballistic. And apparently, I think it was the Fiala trade, Summit came out, got leaked just as they were getting on the team plane to, to go to some road game. So they're up in the air, trapped on this plane, like all the all the important members of the yeah, obviously the team and like the staff and stuff, and apparently he's going seat to seat 
saying like was it you was it you like threatening people's jobs and stuff like that like just mental absolutely mental so this guy's a fucking nutcase pissing off everyone being a knob so he hires his son as like the head of amateur scouting and he ran their draft and, and the draft just gone apparently you know from all reports the son's a really really good scout like the son's done a quality job okay but this nutter has hired him and he's his son so like there's this perception of like wow you know he's only got the job because his dad fucking hired him the, that perception was so bad that um, so Craig Leopold hates his son because he's because <laughs> he sees it as just blatant nepotism <laughs> and it's so obvious that at the draft table the first draft of the seating plan around the wilds table had Leopold next to Fenton's son PJ Fenton and Paul Fenton <laughs> moved him around so there was like three geezers between them <laughs> and just so it looked like <laughs> his son wasn't running the draft and, oh, mate, there's so much more to it. And I've told a very poor rendition of a of an article I read three weeks ago. But um, even if you just get a little trial and never pay for it, read that article because it is ridiculous. So there we go. I think we can expect Paul Fenton to be hired again any day now, right? Buzzing for it. Absolutely buzzing for it. Can't wait. 35 days away-ish from Puck Drop on the opening game. And every single RFA stroke UFA is being held up by a one man. And whether you like it or not, that man not, plays for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Not a single player has signed a contract since July 1st. Well, I not, mean, not anybody even, of any kind of one. major relevance. Artemi Panarin's still waiting. <laughs> you know what I mean, though? Like, that was already a done deal. I'm talking sort of since since we last spoke, anyway. Dude, since we spoke a month ago, we spoke a Wait. month ago, and pretty much every single player is still out there that was out there then. That's crazy. <laughs> and, like, there's there's been approximately six signings since. Well, what do you mean? <laughs> Anthony Bouvelier signed a contract today. He's an important player. Um, it's true. Let's not Dennis, forget Colin White. That huge Colin White. Oh, don't don't start me on Colin White. <laughs> Colin White, like, <laughs> what is Eugene doing? What is it? Yeah, we said we said that Ottawa have been staying out of the news, but that Colin White is enough for a summer for me. Bloody hell! Even five million. Shade under five million. Yeah. I mean, four point seven five for the next six years. He had a, he had a forty point season last year, so that's fine. But what are you doing? This is this is like you know the Coyotes have all those six year five million dollar contracts for players that you're like who? Like your your <laughs> yeah. Christian Fishers, your Christian Dvorak, your Christian whatever his name is. That's got that's got that written all over it. What was the question? Mitch Marner. <laughs> Wasn't really a question. It was more just a you know this is this is where we are still at the moment. This the, would be the majority more... of the the major UFA the major RFAs are just the big ones are just not signed. I I wonder how much is Marner specifically and how much is just because this is all catalyst by William Nylander. It's all Nylander's fault. Um, no, I I believe it's I believe it's completely Marner. I believe it's a hundred. You think it's one hundred percent? You you think yeah. if if Marner didn't exist, but the Nylander stuff happened last year anyway, we, this wouldn't be happening still. Do you know what? Honestly, I don't think it would, because but I think then, that. But then, even I, even I, by sorry, even by extension, like this Mitch Marner thing is only happening because of Nylander last year. I think. Uh, yes, but it's also happening because Austin Matthews got what he wanted without any pushback whatsoever. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Do you know what I mean? 
I get, what, I do get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Nylander kind of, yeah, he did start the ball rolling essentially, but then by the time it got to Matthews, he just added on about 18 more tons of moss or snow, depending on the weather conditions. And Mitch Marner is now Austin. Mitch Marner's not looking at Austin Matthews as his comparable, and the rest of the entire league, or at least the RFAs, are looking at Mitch Marner as their comparable, because if he gets, if Mika Rantanen signs for six million. And then Mitch Marner gets ten and a half million or eleven million. Then Rantanen's going to be thinking, "Oh, you fucking dick! What have I done? What have I done?" I, and I love the idea. For Marner. I love the idea that all these other RFAs are looking at Marner like, "Can't mate, what's this nutter up to?" Like, <laughs> as, as soon as this mental little Canadian is signed, I'll just be like, "Right, a little bit less than that, yeah, <laughs> crazy person assigned for, and that'll do me nicely." Exactly, exactly. But I, well, yeah, but I, I think it's all been held up by Marner. I think once he signs, that's it. Because then all the other players have their comparable. And they can say, well, if he's worth this much, I'm worth this much. But then that's got to be a lot of faith in Marner getting what he wants. Because what, what happens if, if, if he does play for, for Zurich Lions next year? I don't know. I don't know. Like, what what happens if Carl Dubas is like, nah, I'm not fucking that. I'm not doing this again. Fuck you, Mitch. You're not playing. Like, and then it gets to like December the first, and all these other RFAs like, oh, three million for one year, please, please, please. And mine is like, no, I'm not signing unless I get seventeen million per for twelve years. Uh, that's not. Uh, I hope not he. Do you know what? I hope Mitch. he. I hope he doesn't sign. I hope he doesn't sign because I would love to know what the rest of them are gonna do. Yeah, all right, no, he'll end up in some mad rush of... Oh, imagine. Imagine if he doesn't sign and it comes to like the deadline. It's, it's midday on December the 1st, isn't it? Because Nylander signed on December the 1st, didn't he? Yes, he did, He signed when, he signed when we were recording the show. Beautiful day that it was. So it's probably five o'clock on December the 1st. So I love the idea. It gets to the day and then Marder and Paul Fenton and whatever, Darren, Darren, whatever his name is. Darren, Darren Ferris. Ferris. Yeah. They're like... Now, now we're not signing. We're not signing, and then all these other GMs with all these other RFAs are like, "Fucking quality!" So their RFAs come crawling back, like, "Please, I just want a contract, mate." They're like, "Well, that's going to be uh, the uh, the Colton Sisson special for you, sir." <laughs> Kyle Connor, you're going to get six years at two point two million dollars. Do you like it? Do you not? Have you ever heard of being Kucheroft? Well, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> it just turns out I have a contract here. <laughs> I have a contract here for you. It has to be this. It has to be Marner though, because there's no like, there's so many RFAs in there. Why would they not be signed yet? I mean, it's it's still only because you don't want to. And the reason the reason um, I'm asking a rhetorical question. Sorry, the, the reason they're not signed. The reason they're not signed is because they don't want to be a fucking sucker. They don't want to be the guy who everyone says, "God, look at that deal, Nate. McK- look at that deal, Nate McKinnon's on. What a great guy he is. What a team friendly deal that is." You just know every time Nate McKinnon hears that, he just he just thinks, oh, "For fuck's sake, why did I sign that deal? Why?" <laughs> like I'm worth like at least four million dollars more than that. Yeah, I don't, I wonder because like he's still getting a still getting a fair wedge, don't he? He's getting a wedge, but he is like he's always the standard of. Oh my god! I can't believe they've got him on this deal. But then it expires when he's what twenty eight, maybe. 
He's I get it, but th- as we've said before, like RFAs now, they don't want, they don't care about that, do they? They want the money now. They want that money. Yeah, it's true. It's true. You know why? Why? Why should I? T- we, God, I think one of the first shows we ever talked about, you said, "Why do these players come out of VLCs feel like they owe a club something?" I don't understand it. Why are you not saying to these clubs, "I am one of your best players, and I will be for the next eight years if you sign me for that"? So why the hell should I take a friendly deal? Give me what I'm worth. This is absolutely yeah, and it makes more sense for the teams as well because by the time they hit thirty, you think right, I've sunk X amount in. I can see you're on the on the downward swing. Yeah, that'll do me. Thanks, because like Nate McKillen, what he's going to be, he's going to be UFA when he's twenty six. So the the Avalanche can either sign him to like an eight year deal, and and then that expires when he's thirty four, which is prime, absolutely perfect, because yeah. then you can yeah. you know cut ties and see you later, or you sign him for a, an even short deal, and that's even better as well. Part of me does think that if if Mitch Marner didn't exist, there would be an element of this, but it's still. It's it's just a it's a problem where it's the summer, so everything feels a bit longer. Like it's still only the end of August. Training camps aren't starting for another two weeks or whatever. True. So I think once once you get to camps and if we still have nobody signed, that's when it's a bit more. Oh, all right. Yeah, that's a. It that's gets a bit more, more real then, doesn't it? And it's it's a problem where it's such a strong RFA class because like, I think this generally happens to a couple of players every year. You think like Johnny Gaudreau didn't sign until a couple of weeks into October or whatever, did he? True. It's only it's the fact that it's what ten geezers this year, and and especially I, I where I think sorry where the where the league is notably leaning younger as well, there is more focus on it. I th- well, but, I think as well is it it's normally yeah there's normally two or three players like this. There's obviously way more RFAs than that, but there's normally two or three that are pretty good, or at least like at least one that's very good and should you know kind of get. But on the list now we have. A lot more than that. Like all of these players could, in theory, make a chunk of change. And I think that's maybe what it is as well. Is that this is the first time I can remember for a long time when there's been so many RFAs who would pretty much get on nearly any team in it, either you know, top six, top four D, even top line on both. Oh yeah, yeah, without without a doubt, without a doubt. I mean, I'd say there's at least thirteen players who would be top line on most teams. I've, uh, one thing I've only really just noticed and uh, had set in, um, two of your right-sided defensemen there on that list, Dan. <laughs> are you? Uh, <laughs> they are indeed. Are you? Are you a little bit concerned? Uh, yeah, a little bit, a little bit. And uh, but it, it's the same with the Bruins. It's the same situation as uh, in Winnipeg. Now I'm not saying that Lion A and Connor are comparable to McAvoy and Carlo is that Line A and Connor are in the same kind of position as Matthews and Marner. Is that they're on the same team at the same time, getting paid at the same time. You cannot go to one of those players and say, oh, hi, Patrick, do you mind taking five million over the next three years? And then go to Cal Connor and give him eight million over the next eight years. Because that's just not going to be any good. That's not going to work. Like that. you have to, I firmly believe you have to pay both those players exactly the same and give them the same term for them both to be happy. That yeah, that's absolutely it. And like Patrick Line is getting cussed out left, right, and centre. But yeah, are, are people forgetting that he scored like a hundred goals already? I know. <laughs> like, is it hundred and ten goals? Hundred and ten goals. Like I know he, I know he had a bit of a a rocky year last year. 
But yeah, the, the kid has scored 110 goals in three seasons. He's not even 21 yet. Or he is 21, whatever. Like, if I, Yeah, that's the thing. Like, If I said, we'll come back to the Bruins in a minute. If I said, if I said to any fan of any team, I've got this 21-year-old kid and he's already scored 110 goals in NHL, what, what would you pay him? They'd be like, oh my God, 10 and a half, 11 million. <laughs> but they're going, well, you know... There was that point last year where he didn't score for 10 games. <laughs> it's like, yeah, but he's like 21. He's still working things out. Give him time. He's still got 110 goals. It's absolutely loopy. But I, mean, that, I find that just that Winnipeg situation is fascinating. Yeah, that's that's crazy. That is crazy. Because they've got, they've got 16 million left in space. That's not a lot of money, really, is it? I know. And do you, th- do you think that do you think Lionel Connor's going to be happy with eight? Like eight million each? Well, I, I think I think Lionel is going to get shafted. Do you reckon he's going to get Kucherov? Yeah, because he he had a down year last year, and it's just the way that he had his down year. Because didn't he go like two months where he scored one goal or something like that? Yeah, something ridiculous. He scored he scored seventeen in one month, and then didn't score again. Or yeah, it was like, like, it was like seven, scored one goal for like two and a half months or something. It was like seventeen in eighteen games, and then. Yeah, one until the trade deadline or something stupid like that. But he, he still scored thirty. But I think I think just the way that he did it, the way that he had a slump, is going to be enough for for the team to be like, nah, mate, sorry, five million for two years, enjoy. So yeah, back to the Bruins. Yeah, it's a, it's the same kind of thing there with uh, Carlo McAvoy. I mean, the thing was is that I think if this had been last off season, it'd have been easy. Because they would have just paid McAvoy and Carlo would have kind of been, all right, yeah, we'll give you this much. It'll be fine. But Carlo had a great postseason. He was excellent this year for us and really, really improved and looked he, a lot better. And He is a really good player, but like in years gone past, Brandon Carlo is the type of player that doesn't have any right holding out for salary. You know what I mean? Like He's really, really good, but he's not flashy. He doesn't put up points and stuff. Like He's defensively sound. And yeah, in years gone past, it'd be like, all right, Brandon Carlo, chill out. I mean, yeah, it's it's. I don't know. I don't know how they fix it, because they, one of them, one of them is going to have to take an insanely friendly deal, like a ridiculous, like a Kevin LeBanc type deal. If the <laughs> other one's going to get any kind of ta- any any kind of money in term, if either of them's going to get any kind of money on, and term, the other one's going to have to take like a one year, one and a half, or one year, one or something. <laughs> There's no other way to do it. Charlie McAvoy one by one. <laughs> yeah, but that, like, there's there's nothing else they can do. If they want to get both those players on that team, there's there's nothing else they can do. And I just I don't know. I I can't believe they didn't um, they didn't buy out David Backus. I can't believe it either. I can't believe it. Or trade him to the Sens. Well, just yeah, to... but I think he's got a, he's got a, a, he's got a modified no trade. So oh, yeah, of course, and he's not injured. Obviously, he so can say no if he wants. Pay him. Yeah, exactly. God, I don't. I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I was surprised. I was surprised he brought back Chara, even for two million dollars. Oh, I mean, next year, two million dollars. I mean, that's like, who else are you going to get that's going to be better than Chara for two million dollars? I know he's forty-two, but well, hey. hopefully you sign. <laughs> hopefully, when he goes towards signing Carlo or McAvoy, then you can say to Charlie McAvoy, "All right, we'll give you one by three, and then we'll pay you next year." It's something. But then, yeah, I suppose you, you bank on Matt Grizzly stepping up into a top four role if you don't have Jara. This is the weird thing about the Bruins is that they 
they just seem to they just seem they've always 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 just seem to find these players the Bruins have never been a team who you've gone immediately and gone oh my god I can't believe they got this guy he's going to be unbelievable you know like even even McAvoy I mean yeah he's highly touted but it wasn't like they were saying he was the next I don't know well that's Bobby Orr or something he's, he yeah, he's, he's going to be good he's going to be great but like he was 14th oh fair enough I, yeah. I always had the feeling he was in like the 20s when he was drafted but it's like they kind of it's like they kind of found David Pasternak they found Marshan they found like even like lower like lower down guys like Matt Grizzlick great player they found Connor Clifton Carson Kuhlman came and did like you know did a great job last year these guys just seem to like the Bruins just seem to find these guys who can kind of come in and do and do a decent job for them so I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know what's going to happen. But one of them is going to have to take... They're either going to have to both take... I mean, maybe offer them both one year at three or something, or one year at three and a half. I don't know. But, but then I, can't, I can't imagine either of, them, either of them wants that. I wonder if it is going to happen. I think it's, it's that sort of thing that you, your contracts catch up to you so quickly. Yeah, they do. What, Danton Heinen, 2.8 million. Not a bad contract, but is Danton Heinen really worth... Not being able to sign Charlie McAvoy and, and Brandon Carlo. Unfortunately, the Bruins is one of those teams that. I mean, Heinen was okay. I'm sure. He, I'm sure he averaged like half a point a game every year. Like, yeah, I'm sure he, he managed he, just half a point a game last year. He had a, so, he had a 47 point season a couple of years ago, and he was 34 last year. So that's, he's been. Unfortunately good. for the the Bruins, they're they're in that category of whoops, you gave this guy at this age way too much money, which is David Backus. That's the problem. Yes. He is absolutely the, well, not his fault, obviously, but. That that signing is the problem on that team. I didn't, you know, like like we said, like you know, like Lou Cheech, Lou Erickson, James Neal, you know, all these guys who actually no, not James Neal because he was actually all right when he went to the Flames. But he, the Bruins are in that position of having one of those guys on their team. So you you take that six million off the books now, you can replace him with anybody. Yeah, anybody. absolutely anybody. You've already got fourteen forwards on the roster, so just take him off and just have one spare. Then you yeah. give. Charlie McAvoy eight million, Brandon Carlo or nine million, and give Brandon Carlo four or five. Then you're well yeah, away. Exactly. Problem but, solved. Um, yeah, it's a bit short. And, I do, but I, and they know it. The Bruins know it, and I don't. I don't believe for one second they're just like, yeah, Bacchus is fine. I mean, I believe they've done everything they can to try and get rid of him. Well, obviously, not because they didn't buy him out. Like, true. I was amazed they didn't do. I was amazed they didn't go the Marlow route. Like, okay, yeah, go to the, you know, go to a team on, a, you know, and you modified no trade, and we'll send a first with him. It's not it's not the best thing, but it gets him off the books and it gets two great defensemen signed who were really good for us last year. That yeah, that's I the agree. mental thing as well. Like just looking at it now, Bruins went to the Stanley Cup final last year and the yes, only... thank you, Will. <laughs> Which I, I'd forgotten about until you mentioned it. Um Shut up. But they've got all of their picks apart from the fourth round picker. Fourth rounder yeah. in twenty twenty, which is mental. Like how how do you do that? So um, yeah, they they could have easily afforded to sack off a first rounder to get rid of David Backers, but then at the same time, like you say, modified no trade clause. Who's actually going to want him? At least with Patrick Marlowe, you know, teams can not that Carolina kept him, but there would be teams that could convince themselves, yeah, Patrick, Patrick Marlowe is going to be an upgrade for us. But again, yeah, I think it's a, it's the new age. Maybe maybe shipping off a first now just doesn't. I know Carolina did it, but they had plenty of cap room and. You know they'd had kind of they had like some success with the team they already had, the Kings or something. Are they really going to take on his contract for one for a couple of years for a one first? They're probably not going to do it. 
Well, no, so, I'd, I'd, I'd say it's worth it, especially if you're in, like, if I was Detroit, I'd do that. Detroit's not a bad point, actually, and it, it for them. But then at the same time, like we were saying moments ago, the Bruins have done so well at those later first-round picks. Why You're probably better off riding this out for a little bit and then ending up with potentially another another Charlie McAvoy, another um, another David Pasternak, and 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 keep your keep your picks sort of thing. I guess so. I mean, t- oh, yeah, I think the I think the Bruins are fine as long as I you know I full full faith in uh, in Cassidy. I think he's clearly a difference maker because, like I said, like I mentioned those plays before, those especially um, uh, Carson Coleman and Connor Clifton. I was like, okay, these guys are coming up. All right then, and they were like Matt Grizzlick as well. Okay, yeah, and they're perfectly fine. They're perfectly fine. They do a great job. I will say every every few days, I just go, oh fuck, game seven. <laughs> it just catches me. Like, just it'll just catch me unawares, ah. and I just go, oh shit. Oh, I thought I'd forgotten about that. <laughs> it's just like it's like a punch in the gut. Like, oh god, yeah, I'm winded again. <laughs> I want to uh, just quickly circle back to young Mitchell Marner. Did you see uh, what David said when he was taught, when he was asked about it about missing training camp and stuff like that? Is this the thing where he says, "Oh god, I wouldn't want to miss training camp." <laughs> he said, "He's like, well, I got my contract and I wanted to sign it immediately. I didn't want to miss training camp." No fucking shit, Connor. <laughs> they gave you eight years at twelve and a half million dollars. Of course, you fucking signed it. Like how? How could you say, "Oh, I took a discount," and then also be like, "Oh yeah, well, I died at mine." <laughs> no, you're. Sh- you- and look what happened to you, Connor. Look what happened to you. Here's a question based off that. Then, right? He's saying, "Well, I don't want to miss any training camp," and he came to me with a great offer, and you know, blah blah blah. If the if the Oilers had come to him. Offering him eight years, eight million. Do you think he would have signed then? <sighs> and you're being talked about as the next best player in the world. You're the new Crosby. Oh. You're turning this whole franchise around. You're turning this not the franchise, the city. Will you're turning this city around? You are bringing it back to its glory days. What's that worth? Eight million dollars. Fuck off. Yeah, <laughs> no, he, he, he wouldn't. He wouldn't. He, <laughs> frankly, Dan, he wouldn't sign for anything less than twelve point five million dollars per season <laughs> for eight years. <laughs> he was writing his own check, without a doubt. Absolutely, absolutely. Oh, mate, exactly. Imagine, so. imagine if cause what? Who? Who else? Who else was making over ten? What? The Taves and Kane were making ten and a half. Taves and Kane. Kopitar was on ten at that point, wasn't he? Oh yeah. Is that it? Kerry Price. Was that it? I think nah, that was it. Wasn't Kerry it? Price signed afterwards. I think. Yeah. So. Yeah, Price was after. Either way, nobody had signed for more than ten and a half. So he blew the top salary out of the water by two million. See, he's not. Yeah, if he thinks he's all that, he thinks he's all that, but he's actually a nasty little bastard, Connor McDavid. <laughs> shout out to shout out to the girls from Saucy Rockets, um, who I had a kind of a quick chat with on Twitter yesterday, looking at how just sad, depressed Connor looks all the time, and somebody jumped in saying he makes twelve and a half million dollars a year. You know, you can't be that sad. And me and. Whoever, which, whichever one of the girls it was who replied, basically said, "Well, you know, it's it's not about the money. It's not about the money. You could give Connor twenty million dollars a year. If he keeps having seasons like he's having, there's a chance he's just going to jump off a very high thing somewhere because he is miserable. And it's like it's different. It's different experiences and different perspectives and stuff like that. You know what yeah. I mean? And it, 
it, not to get too serious about it, but in the same way that we'd look at, yeah, as, as Westerners living in the first world countries, we'd look at the way that some people live in third world countries and think, oh, crikey, how do you live like that? But then for a lot of people in that situation, where it's what you're used to and what you're acclimatised to, you're more used to it. So you have different expectations of what is good for you, what is bad for you, what you're, what you can survive for and stuff like that. So, so Connor being on a completely different level to us, yeah, the the finance and the the material was not making a difference. He's worked his entire life to get to the AHL. He he must know in his heart of hearts behind all the hockey nonsense that he is Jesus Christ on skates. <laughs> like, so to, to be that and then not, <laughs> not even be making the playoffs and be anchored to what Zach Cassian and, I don't know, Cooper Maroody or whatever. Yeah, it's got to be, yeah, it's got to be hard. It really does. Yeah, it's not about money, folks. It's about internal happiness. Like and to, right now, Connor hasn't got a single drop of it. Even, yeah, not to... to play the point too much but I'm sure there are plenty of people listening who work office jobs so you work in probably a relatively nice office you get to do relatively simple work sitting at a computer all day in a an air-conditioned office or whatever with tea and coffee whatever you want it like shops down the road or downstairs or whatever you can snack all day but you still have a bad day don't you, you still have a bad day yeah exactly day. even though you just stuff your face with biscuits all day and type on a spreadsheet you can still have a bad day in that situation. Therefore, Conor McDavid is allowed to be depressed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> at the end of your bad day, when you're sat in your office, you don't have to then go and talk to the media about why everybody you work with is an absolute fud and an idiot. <laughs> Mate, can we... Repeatedly. Repeatedly. Can we, can we just take half a second to reappreciate that interview we did at the end of last year? <laughs> that <laughs> was amazing. That's one of the best things I've ever seen. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm going to watch that again after the show. <laughs> that was an amazing interview. Oh, dear. Uh, speak, oh, yeah. So here we are, speaking of the Oilers, we've got here naturally. Uh, Jesse Pugliavi has signed a contract in... Is it? He's in Finland, isn't it? Yeah, with... Is it Carpat? I want to say Carpat. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's with Carpat, who he... Uh, for one year, with an option to leave before December the 1st for an NHL team. Oilers are asking for a top nine forward and a first. Fair play to Ken Holland, you know, like they always say, you got to, you know, you shoot for the stars. If you land on the moon, you've done a good job. So, who is to blame for Paul Yarvi here? Um, I've seen, I've seen both sides. I've seen both sides. I think everyone apart from me, really, <laughs> is my understanding of it. Even Doris, the tea lady. Oh yeah, especially Doris, especially Doris, especially Doris. I mean, yeah, the the I don't know, like the Oilers definitely haven't done a particularly good job, and and it's that one of those classic ones of oh you haven't scored a thousand goals in five games, put him on the fourth line, play him eight minutes with Kyle Brodziak, like and and oh you're not producing, oh well put you on the fifth line, oh. but at the same time that. I don't. I don't know how much of it is is you know Oilers propaganda or whatever. But there's all that talk of oh he doesn't want to play in the AHL anymore, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But like they they should have just chucked him in the AHL from day one, let him yeah. acclimatise to North American ice, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. As much as there is a difference between the AHL and the NHL, and there are um, arguments to say you know just being in the NHL is good for certain players' development. I think if you're a scorer. 
if you're not good enough to play a scoring role in the NHL, you're better off playing 20 minutes a night in the NHL, absolutely destroying people, and then moving up when your coaches or the organisation is willing to give you that extended chance in a you know in a top six role in the NHL, which they didn't give to Paul Yarvey. So it's yeah, it's the Oilers' fault. Let's make no bones about it. I know. I mean. The, the, yeah, like you say, the narrative was he wasn't even performing that well in the AHL. He had 28 points in 39 games in his first season. He had 5 in 10 his next season, and then 4 in 4 last year. You know, it's not terrible. But but listen to the um, so he's played. Listen to the uh, to the games totals like 39. So he's played effectively a full season after that yeah, 28 true. game stint, and then those next two years he's played most of the time in the NHL. When he was playing, yeah. like four and four, that's great. But let him do it for longer than four games. Yeah, you're right. You know, you know what I mean? big, apparently, you know, he do it. They were making him play through because um, obviously he was like there was that hip injury last. Uh, it was last mm-hmm. year, or the year before. But he, they were saying you know they made him play through that basically. You know, sort of like a you know you've got a tough it out kind of thing. <laughs> He's like, well, you know, my hips are kind of important. <laughs> Just like that, relatively. That might have a bit of an impact on my uh, yeah. on my ability to play. <sighs> yes, yeah, it's, it's hard. And like power to him for going back to Finland. Like you know, saying stuff is. Yeah, yeah, good on him. I think just go back home. You know, chill out. Get on some get on some regular ice that you you know and love, and start smashing some in. Would you take a Would you take a flower? Would you offer anything for him now? Would you test the waters on him? Oh, without a doubt. Without a yeah, doubt, yeah, I would too. Absolutely, I would. Bet your kids what twenty one, massive, absolutely massive. What he's six four, and he's he is a scorer. Like the kid's gonna be good. You think if Dylan Stromer's turned into a good player, don't write anyone off. I think he's. I think he's gonna be good. I think he's gonna be good. I think. I also think you could steal him. I think. I think that Oilers looking at him as a sunk cost, and I just think you just like you say you just wait it out until you get to the point and you just go over to Ken Hall and say, look, he's not working out here. I'll just I'll give you a fourth or something. It's something. Mate, if, if they're saying top nine forward with term, I don't know, what, Bobby Ryan? Like, just, <laughs> I mean, why you went for term? That's a, bit of term. That. that's a bit of term. That's a bit of term. I mean, big, big hit, but what do you swap yourself a uh, Cali Armcock, Ross Johnston, whatever, whoever, whoever. <laughs> shout out to Ross Johnston, one of your favourite references. Whoever you, whoever you want. Matt, like, you know what I mean, like Leo Komarov, like any that description that has leaked out as the ultimate get for Ken Holland. Any player that you trade, you're better off getting Jesse Paul Yarvey. Because even if you get Jesse Paul Yarvey and sign one of these free agents who hasn't signed yet, Jason Pomerville or Patrick Marlowe or whatever, Justin Williams, you're going to have improved your team and gotten you, you'll have added a net. Net neutral and gain Jesse Paul Yarby. Well, <laughs> what do you want? What more could you want than that? I just think like you get Paul Yarby in and you just you just put your arm around him and just say, "Look, I didn't work out for you over there. We're not going to mess you." But that's what some players like, though, aren't they? Just, you hear about it all the time. That's why that's squeeze. why the good managers and the good coaches are good managers and good coaches. They know certain players have to push buttons and say, "Well, you're not good enough today," and that makes the player play harder. They know that some players need an arm around them and kind of like a, like a mother, like a fatherly figure, like, "Come on, dude, you can do this. Keep going. It's okay. You're doing fine." And that's what they need. And I think at the moment, Puyarva just needs like he needs a, he just needs a hug, basically. <laughs> like, it's okay, Jesse. We're, we're going to put you in the AHL for a year. 
whatever happens, you're going to stay here, get used to it, no pressure, mate. Just go and play, go and score some goals and just have fun. And we'll see you do after this year, don't worry about it. Well, there, there's the problem with that as well, where the Oilers have messed him up so much. Um, he has to go through waivers now if he wants to get in the AHL. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, so, so yeah, you've really, you've really got to have faith with him. Really got to have faith with him. Yeah, to be honest, point. to be honest though, like I, I'm not familiar with the ins and outs of it, but I'd imagine you can trade for his rights and just let him let him play that year at Carpat. Yeah, tried, yeah, yeah, that works the same, doesn't it? I guess, yeah. Yeah, because then he doesn't have to sign, doesn't have to go through waivers, and you know the league is basically as good as the AHL, isn't it? Like, I think it's got to be as good as yeah, and 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 for for Jesse Paul Yarby, that's the best place for him to be right now. Absolutely. Absolutely. Trade, trade for his rights. Don't sign him. Get on, get on the blower. Oi, oi. Jesse, it's me. GM unnamed at present. Stick it out over there. Bang in a couple of goals and come back next year and bang in a couple of goals for me. Yeah. Just say, just, you just say, yeah, you just say to him, like, you know, like, we, we've traded for you because we believe in you. We know you're a good player. It's not worked out over there, but we think it'll work out for you here. I'm giving you a hug over the phone, Jesse. How about that? <laughs> no, that's that's got to be Skype, isn't it? You get Skype, Skype and you get, you know, those, like, uh, those... They're like a punch bag type things, but it's just a torso and a head. Yeah. <laughs> One of those. And you print out a picture of Jesse Paul Yarby's face. <laughs> the one on his Elite Prospects page is actually really good for it because he looks a little bit apprehensive. <laughs> Stick it on this mannequin and, and just give him a hug over Skype and like, this is how much I believe in you, <laughs> Jesse. <laughs> And then you could send, and then you could send Jesse one with like somebody from the others' organisation, so he could fly kick it and punch it and stab it. <laughs> yes, yes. Okay, let's move on to something else that's kind of the same thing. We did talk about teams that we thought were in a tight window to win. That were saying, okay, there's a few teams who are kind of up against it here, and they're kind of a situation where they kind of better make the next year or two count, or they're going to be in big trouble. There's the two obvious ones. I think we have to get out of the way first. We've already discussed before. The Sharks and the Knights. Do you know what? I swear to God. Every Like I said, every couple of days, I, just, I remember the, the Bruins lost to Game 7. And then in between that, I'll just go to the Sharks' cat-friendly page and go, oh, yeah, what? <laughs> What's this again? <laughs> I remember this page. It's awful. Yeah, it's not a, it's not a good situation for, for San Jose, really, as we've covered multiple times before. Yeah, they're, they're pretty pretty self-explanatory. What? What the Knights have done just reminds me of every time I start a new BGM mode where I'm like, right, sod it, I'm going to play this for 45 minutes, so let's just trade everything, get some pain players, and uh, sod the future, quite frankly. And <laughs> again, fair play to George McPhee, absolutely fair play. Like, um, part of me, I know we've ripped on them, I know we've ripped on them, but I kind of think the Knights might work out. <laughs> If if Eric Carlson stays healthy, sorry, not the Knights, the Sharks. Oh, Sharks! Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Just like if if Carlson stays healthy, and you can oh, find God. those those three defensemen to you know to get in on like proper dirt cheap deals, you 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 might be all you might be all right. Oh, God, I don't know. And especially if, if Doug Wilson just every summer like Kevin, Kev. <laughs> My boy, Kev. I, j- I just need another favour, mate. <laughs> <laughs> it's the year. Uh, hang on. Oh, sorry, where are we? 23. 
It's the year 2029, and on two weeks on Pork, we're talking about Kevin LeBanc with career earnings of $10 million. <laughs> he's in the 30s, he's like, right, enough's enough, don't. I've got to sign for $2 million this year. <laughs> Kevin LeBanc has just scored his thousandth point and, and just earned his $10 million. <laughs> I mean,. I kind of see what you're saying about the Sharks. I mean, they've got they've got sixty two million dollars tied up in eleven players next year already. It's 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 the forwards that worry me a bit. Like you know, Logan yeah. Jock is great. Evander is great. Tiramai is going to be great. Tyler Turtle great. But they're not. They're not that. They're not. You know, you're not giving a chef's kiss to Logan Couture, are you? It's not like no. Oh, that's a player. Even even though he is a player. <laughs> if you're gonna have if you're gonna have three amazingly good defensemen. I mean, Carlson, Burns and Vlasic isn't, yeah, not terrible. Very, very good. But if know. only if only they were very, very good and very, very cheap, as a, our man, the one, van, one pound fish man has yeah. famously said. Or, or very, very good and not getting old. I keep forgetting that Brent Burns is 34. <laughs> and Vlasic is 32. <laughs> That's just like how is how is Brent Burns thirty four? I don't know. And we see it all the time. We see it all the time. I, I swear he was twenty eight when he signed this contract. Yeah, <laughs> probably was. Once a play starts declining, that's it. It's, this it's is a it. very steep cliff that they drop off. And and I'm really, I'm really suspect that he's going from strength to strength. <laughs> <laughs> like I feel like he's not going to have. A nice like this year he's going to score fifteen points and no <laughs> goals. Like, oh, mate, how how does a geezer break uh, the point per game mark for the first time in his in his career? His age thirty four season. I don't know. I don't know from from defence. I've got no idea. I, I do not share your optimism about the sharks at all. I mean, it's it's relative, relative optimism. But yeah, Fair sharks enough. are going to be fucked. Knights are going to be fucked. Um, Tampa Bay are going to be fucked very soon. Well, or apparently not, because teams just like to help out Tampa Bay. They just, <laughs> oh yeah, we'll take on this player for you. Don't mind, it's fine. Nah, yeah, but I've, I haven't got a lot of faith in uh, in uh, in the breezy boy, to be quite frank. Really? Yeah, I don't know. Stevie Wires has been a magician, and that's the only reason that they are where they are. This Braden Point contract is going to be interesting. I guess not, they got, how much cap room they got left? Eight above, just a shade under eight and a half million they've got left. That's right, we'll probably just sign for like three by seven, seven by three, rather. <laughs> and of course, well, yeah, they took on Shattenkirk and Maroon, haven't they? Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. I, I forgot about those. Kevin Kevin Shattenkirk. Bastard. But like, yeah, it doesn't end with Braden Point. They've got to pay Sergeyev next year. Yeah, um, Sergeyev next year. After, after next year, Vasilevsky's deal kicks in. Yeah, that's that's... That's the thing. The Breezy Boy has signed uh, Vasilevsky to a $9.5 million cap hit, so that's already yeah, that's a bit a, of a black... That's a fine point. Yeah, a little a bit fine, of a yes. black mark. You're going to have to pay Anthony Sorelli. $67.5 million next season, already committed to 13 players. That's This is it. This is it. It's all going to, like... It's like they're you know, a number of rounds into a game of Jenga already, and Stevie Wire's tagged out. When like the whole tower sitting on just one in the middle at the bottom, is all right. Gone to finish off, mate. Here's the thing. Here's the thing, though. Although I will say, I will say, they do have 
they do have what you would say is they have a nucleus, don't they? They have an excellent goaltender. They have a top-grade defenseman. They have two fantastic forwards. You can build around that kind of thing. It's not. I don't think they're lacking. Like you say, like we said about the Sharks, yeah, they've got a great defense, but you don't feel like the offense is completely there. When you look at Lightning, okay, so Vasilevsky, Hedman, Kucherov, Stamkos, they have got immense talent spread out. And, and I think and, it's easier then to fill in pieces around that. And I think their middle class is more appealing than a lot of other teams' middle classes. So yeah, you look true. at players like Alex Kalorn, Tyler Johnson, even Yanni Gord, like they're earning, earning big money. So if you need to get rid of contracts, there'd be contracts to get rid of. And they're actually players that teams are going to want. Yeah, so, that's true. That's very true. Yeah, I could see, you know, you ship out you know, Tyler Johnson and, and Alex Kalorn and replace them with, or replace their money with uh, Anthony Sorelli and Matthew Joseph. And then you bring up the next ones, like your, your Alex Barboulet or whatever, and who else, whoever else is coming up for them. Yeah. So, yeah, I can see it. I can see it, especially if they carry on being successful and being able to sign players like Pat Maroon for 900 grand and stuff like that. So, I still think they're in trouble, though. Yeah, I don't. I think I think Lightning are going to just they're okay. I just I can't not see the house of cards tumbling. Yeah, it's that law of averages. Like <laughs> twenty nine other NHL GMs have messed it up, so why won't he? <laughs> That's a fair point. That's a fair point. I'm interested to see what Sergeyev gets next year. I'm very interested in that as well. Mm. This is a big year for him. Yeah, huge year, huge year. How many points did they have last year? He had 32 points, 75 games last year. And he was playing mainly on the third pairing. Yeah, that's true. He's a good player. Really good player. Yeah, he's a good player. Very good player. Uh, who else are looking at? Okay, here's one Here's one of mine. Um, I think the Leafs are in. Oh, yeah. That's the next one on my list as well. Great. Up top, fantastic. Willie Nylander, Jens Tavares, Austin Matthews. Mitch Marner is going to sign. Let's not be crazy. He will sign. Um because they've duped the books in a certain way that they can sign him for $10.5 million, which is fine. Um, Kapanen, Johnson, yeah, great. I think they've got they've got some good lower pieces. Uh, I like I like the Jason Spezza signing. I like the Pontus Arberg signing. Like we said, we talked about Nick Patan last year. Fine, you know, he'll do a job. That defence, though, <laughs> this year, after this year, they have one defenceman signed, and that's Morgan Riley. I love it. I love it. And if they if they do sign if they do sign young Mitchell for ten million, say they sign say they sign Marner for eight million dollars, they're gonna have sixty three and a half million tied up next year and one defenseman. <laughs> That's so good. That is so good. And yeah, but oh, that's the thing—they don't even have a massive middle class. Like, no. I mean, they do, but well, they've got they've got four players I call middle class. And one of them is William Nylander. <laughs> so it's that's that's the crazy thing. That's an absolutely mental thing because they've got a really cheap starting goaltender in Freddie Anderson, five million dollars. An absolute Fred Anderson has got ne- nearly nearly enough credit in this league. Nowhere near enough. Nowhere near enough. In that, he wasn't even oh, on that. To- he wasn't even on that top ten goalie list, was he? At the NHL top <laughs> Mate, fucking Jordan Billington was higher than John Gibson on that list. So I know, what the fuck? Says, it, says enough. Mate, <laughs> that's just ridiculous. Absolutely. Like, I'm fully in the conspiracy camp that those lists are deliberately moronic. But they have to be, don't they? 
just to get people to talk about the NHL. Yeah, because because what if if you put out like a sensible list that people are going to agree with, what what's going to happen? Like it will go around once and be like, yeah, yeah, that'll do. Even if it's nobody even nobody even retweet it, would they? They'd look at it and go, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, fair enough. You know, at best you're going to get a bit of. Oh, I'd probably have Holtby above Pekka Rene, but eh, the rest of it's fine. And that doesn't generate the same buzz as like, John Gibson 10th. So yeah. it's, yeah, it's, it's all sensible, isn't it? But yeah, the... <laughs> like, this is the thing, like, the Leafs are in a cap crunch, but I, I mean, I see how, but I also don't see how, you know what I mean? For, for a team who's, um, what, seventh highest paid forward earns 775 grand, <laughs> they are... Um, I was gonna say, in a cap crunch, they've got seven forwards listed who all make less than eight hundred grand. <laughs> like, how is this team in a cap crunch? Doesn't make any sense. That's the thing. Their cheap forwards are cheap for cheap forwards. Like, yeah, it's not. Like I've got a bunch of nine hundreds on there. <laughs> but then that's the problem when you can have three players who are earning over ten million on the cap. Oh yeah, that's that's crazy. I hope the cap goes down. I really do. <laughs> that would be amazing. Dude, I would not be, be surprised. I mean, I would it, not be surprised. I mean, it's it's stalled as badly as it has, so who's to say? Who's I don't want to be... Say? As, you, as you know, I was... The past year, it was anybody but the least for me because I was sick of it. I was sick of the coverage. I was sick of everything. I was sick of the whole they've signed Tavares. That's it. That The missing piece is in. I think... They've done an amazing job this summer of retooling this team, ready for a run. And I think I think this is the year that they're really going to put it together. And for some reason this year, I don't mind as much. I don't mind them as much. I don't know what... It's weird. I, I do this all the time with teams. I have a, For some reason, there'll be a team every year that I just think, oh my God, anybody but you. It can be... And, and anything can set it off. Last year, it was just a continuous, after they signed to virus, coverage of the Leafs. But even the Marner thing this year doesn't bother me because I feel it kind of it mixes in with everyone else. But I just think they've done an amazing job. I think, like we said, like Babcock loves having you know left, right, left, right, left, right on his defense, and they've sorted that out. They have got that on there, and I think, I think, like you say, add in Cody Cece. All right, he's not gonna, God, he's not gonna make anyone's probably top twenty list. Top having a right shot. <laughs> well, probably wouldn't. All, all, all just aside, like a, a a top sixty listed defenseman would be all the top pairing D men in the league, right? Uh, Cody CC isn't a top 100 D-man right now <laughs> like I'm, I'm not trying to I'm not trying to mug him off or anything like that's, that's just it like he's not very yeah. good they would have done better to not sign him I don't know Kai's, don't a, bad, know. Kai's a bad player and and even even if it's one of these ones of oh he's finally out of the, the swamp that is Ottawa and he's going to turn it around. Like that, four and a half million is a big bet on him turning it around. And like, you know what? It's probably easier. It's probably easier to play in Ottawa where there is not a single shred of optimism, <laughs> rather than go, rather than going to play in the hockey capital of the world where every single eye is on you every single time. That's the thing. First, first turn turnover he makes, it's over. See you later. You might have a point there. You might have a point there. See, there's someone else still not signed. Jake Gardner. Oh yeah. And, and, and like, hasn't it know, come out that he's waiting for the Leafs, basically? Yeah, he's essentially he's essentially waiting to see what happens with Marner to then, depending on what he gets, will there then be any money left to sign him? I'd be like, Jake, just 
Like, you've just got massive <laughs> amounts of grief the past... Like, you, they just slandered you the past what? two years. Yeah. Why, do, why do you want to go back? Dude, he's not <laughs> Swedish as you, because he's got, like, the worst case of Stockholm Syndrome since fucking hey, Patty Hurst. Yo. It's true, he has got Stockholm Syndrome. It's ridiculous. Like, God, dude, just leave. Just get out of there. Just go and have a break. You can always come back. Somebody <laughs> help matter. him. Please. Yeah. What's it? He might as well sign Kevin Shattenkirk money and just gone to the Lightning. I mean, that, yeah, you're right. That would be better than, okay, I'll take three million for six years to sign back with the Leafs and then get absolutely <laughs> roasted. <laughs> How much Lightning got left? I mean, maybe they will. Maybe, dude. Dude, maybe they will. When they sign, when they sign Braden Point to that Kevin LeBanc contract, the the next team on my list, oh, I've I've got three sort of combined as just cool. a yeah probably going to be an issue at some point, and they're the Blues, the Jets, and the Predators. Just in I the, the Jets of, and the Preds as well. I just I just don't I just don't like it. Like the the Blues are the one team that you haven't got. That's a lot of players that are over or about thirty. <laughs> And it's just like they're in a good situation now, but all of these players are going to need paying at some point. Like Braden Shen, his contract's up after this, after this year. Um, Jaden Schwartz has only got a couple of years left. <sighs> yeah, I just don't, I don't really like it all that much. They've got again, they've got a big, they're basically all middle class players, and it's yeah, that's a lot of money tied up in in a lot of players. I just don't, I don't see them carrying on like this they've got some decent young players like yeah, you know, your Dominic Box your Clem Costins and stuff like that Jordan Cairo obviously Robert Thomas but I just think once this group's gone they're going to have to take a bit of a step back and they're not going to be contenders so by by definition their window is closing I, find, I don't mind the Blues so much I don't I don't get the same vibe as you I think they're okay I think it's, um... It's, it's not so much that they're locked in with massive contracts for ages. I just don't see how they're going to replicate this squad. But I, but I feel I feel that the Blues contracts are not that bad enough that they could at least move some of them should they have to, to move things around a bit. I don't think they're kind of stuck in that, oh shit, how are we going to get rid of this contract? Because this guy's bloody awful. Yeah, and but I think that... It's, it's not so much know. the contracts themselves, it's the team. Because like, if you start moving out, you know, a Braden Schwartz and you don't sign a Braden Shen, or sorry, Jaden Schwartz and don't sign a Braden Shen, like they're, they're a team by committee, really. You know what I mean? Not, they're yeah. not like, like you say, that you say the Lightning have got a great core in quality goalie, quality number one defenseman, and quality, you know, top end offensive players. I don't see, you know, bar like. Ryan O'Reilly and Vlad Tarasenko, and of, of, yeah, they've got good players. But like, is Colton Pareko Victor Hedman? No, he's not. Is Vlad Tarasenko Nikita Kucherov? No, he's not. Is Jordan Binnington yeah, and yeah, Joe No, dude, he's not. Dude, how can you say that? They don't need to be. <laughs> they prove they don't need to be. They won the cup last year. Not Tarasenko not my, doesn't need to not be my cup champions, mate. <laughs> They won the cup last year, yeah, in seven games. Yeah, but no, no, this is what I'm saying. <laughs> like, because because they had everyone else. Like, because it's all like they've got a roster full of B players and like one A player, whereas the Lightning have got like seven A players and a bunch of B players. I mean, let's be honest. Like we said before, it's down to Bennington again. If he plays like he can play, or like if he plays like he did last year, they'll be fine again. Because there are plenty of games last year where he saved them. That is, he made the... he made he made a save in game seven. 
that was a pivotal save in that game. You know, obviously it won't turn the game around completely, but it changes the complexion of the game if he doesn't make that save. Oh yeah, um, from Nordstrom. So yeah, it's it's it is down to Biddington again. But they had I don't know. But yeah, let's move on to the other two. Yeah, I agree completely about the the Jets and the Preds. I think, um, like I said, the Jets is interesting. I mean, they've got they've got to pay um, Lionel and Connor, and Have after that, that's it. That's pretty much that's all their money. And then once that's done, next year they'll have three defensemen signed, which is Dustin Bufflin, Neil Pionk, and Tucker Pullman. <laughs> oh mate, that's so bad. Like Tucker Pullman, nah, I'm not even gonna nah. Fuck Tucker Pullman, mate. <laughs> Tucker Pullman's <laughs> gonna be Neil Pionk if he's lucky. So he's probably not gonna be Neil Pionk. I don't know. Neil, Neil Pionk isn't anyone really. Like Jesus, yeah. The Jets not... are just weird though. The Jets are like, you look at the Jets and you say like, well, they've got Blake Wheeler on making eight point two. Shifley's making six. Ehlers is making six. Two like, really yeah, good contracts right there. Yeah, they're not too bad, are they? Like they're decent. You, you take those. But they're just like they're, they're up against it completely because they've got Lionel and Connor who you can't just fob one of them off. And then it seems I mean, like you can, but like they've got Brian Little signed until he's twenty, like thirty six, for five point two. It's like why? I know. <laughs> Brian Little's fine, but yeah, but why? <laughs> why have you done that? That's the problem. Why you haven't got any centers in your team? Yeah, very true. Very true. And their their D this year is like offensive. Absolutely offensively bad. Like Josh Morrissey, good player. Dustin Bufflin, good player. The rest of it, Jesus fucking Christ, that is a bad decor. For for a team that had too many decent D men to to go to this is just horrendous. I agree completely. I agree. It's like it was like such a strength of theirs the past few years, and it just <laughs> it just seems like overnight it's just turned to absolute dross. Like yeah, Tyler Myers was being overpaid to play on the third pairing, but they were able to pay play Tyler Myers on the third pairing sort of thing. Granted, didn't go as well as he'd want, but it's not a good look, Dan. Not a good look. I. It's not that they're in a cap crunch yet, but they will be, and just the they haven't got good enough players to be messing around with it. Like good enough and good enough players to fill it, like fill in the gaps, kind of thing. I mean, they've got some decent enough young players like that. Christian Veselainen's meant to be good. Um, he was good on NHL 18. Oh yeah, incredible! That that um that medium elite rating. God, what more could you oh, ask yeah. for? <laughs> like they've got um what Vili Hainala, the uh, the Finnish D man. He's meant to be good. Yes. Like you know, players like Logan Stanley. Uh, who's who's that other one? Yeah, they've got some forward. Seth Griffith. You ever heard of him? Oh, sorry, I was joking. He's mad old. He scored that um that like backwards between the leg goal a few years ago yeah, for, yeah. The, for the Bruins. He's like yeah. he's like basically forty five now. Um, <laughs> yeah, they've got a couple of young players, but yeah, not not enough. I, I think the window's definitely closing on the Jets. And I don't know people rave about the Preds, but I I still don't see it. I still nah. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you on this one. I I don't I don't know. I'm not convinced. It's, I'm not convinced about the Preds at all. For me, the Preds are basically the Blues, but with with more higher paid forwards. Like Ryan Johansson and Matt Duchesne as your top two centres, perfectly good, but no one game-breaking, you know what I mean? I'd rather have Ryan O'Reilly than either of them, and they're both making more than he is. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I think you look at their top, 
you look at their top eight. Eight? No, seven. So Johansson, Duchesne, Forsberg, Torres, Granlund, Smith, Arbiton. I would only take I would only take two of those. Forsberg and Arbiton. Absolutely. Yeah, there you go. The rest I think are just yeah. I mean they're alright, I suppose. Mate, and if, if Carl Torres carries on the way he's going, you've oh, got a six not, yeah. million he's basically Travis Sajak, really. Too much money for a third line centre at best. I mean maybe it'll work out, but you know, you've got twenty two million dollars locked up in Ryan Jansen, Matt Duchesne and Carl Torres. Yeah, it's not a, it's not great, Which isn't is it? Great. Well, no. d- d- you know, talk about the the Jets overpaying Brian Little because they haven't got enough centers. They've bloody <laughs> other the predators of all f- their four centers are all making over four million dollars, and none of God, them are yeah, that good. Are. Nick Nick Benino four point one, and what are you going to play Nick Benino as your fourth line center, or what are you going to? Yeah, God, four million dollars in your fourth line center, or or what? Carteris six million dollars for your fourth line center. It's, yeah, it's yeah not... between them, you thought of your third and fourth line centre making ten million dollars. That's a that's a bit too much, a little bit too much if you ask me. They'll be there or thereabouts, won't they? And they've got enough, you know, they're, they're not a bad team whatsoever. No. But again, like like the Blues, they're on the older side. They haven't got that many. Yeah, they've only got a couple of thirty year olds, but they're all tickling thirty. So I think you know, as soon as you start to see some regression, you know, if Matt Duchesne maybe turns 30 a bit sooner than you think he will you know what I mean that's not going to be good if uh, if Carter carries on as he is that's not going to be good not to mention they've still got to re-sign Roman Yossi yeah uh, no Yossi's up this year he's on 4 million dollars at the moment mental absolutely Fucking mental hell. and they already have uh, only 1.3 million in cap space so what Roman Yossi's going to get one nine. probably about that yeah I reckon, I reckon he'll get 9 and then a couple of seasons, Matthias Ekholm needs play, paying. He's only owning 3.75. And yeah, I can just see it. It's, it's just going to end up crumbling. I think, I mean, this year could be a big year for him. Really big year. Because as soon as you add that Roman Yossi ticket on, you're the, you then have to make decisions on players like Michael Granlund, even arguably you know, Nick Benino. Yeah, well, then yeah. the same thing's going to happen, isn't it? As soon as you had that, so yeah. As soon as you had that Yosti deal on, it's it's going to be okay. Now we're, we're now we're looking for players to kind of plug in holes here and there and get steals. Absolutely, and then yeah, you hope that Elise Holvenin turns into a player that he wasn't. I was going to say, yeah, that's, that's they do have. It's all over here. Tolvenin's on his way. Tolvenin's on his way. Get ready, he's on his way. <laughs> like, okay, then I'm waiting. Which which he will be like he's yeah. Cry, I'd, yeah, I'd, I'd take Tolvenin over Paul Yarby. For example, oh Christ, yeah, mate. Kid scored like thirty. Was it thirty? I don't know. It was only nineteen, but still <laughs> banging in goals as an eighteen-year-old in the KHL, banging them in. Yeah, mate. Kid had nine points at the Olympics in five games. That's crazy. As 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 I've said before, the only hockey player that my uh, that my father-in-law in law knows is Eli Tolvanen. <laughs> <laughs> Which is just beautiful. Uh, do you have any others? No, that, that was it. The only thing I wanted to mention with this, uh, with sort of the RFAs and Frenchy class and all that, it's not just the players who are sort of battling out for like contracts and things. I think it's fascinating that the agents, like the player, you know, the part they've got to play, mm. because you don't, you don't want to be the guy who gets your guy the in quotes team friendly deal, otherwise known as the sucker contract. 
Mate, you'd, you'd be bricking it if you're an agent and like... Oh, totally. Because this is, you know, the you're going to lose this client if you sign a bad deal or get them to sign a bad, bad deal, rather. I'd love, I'd, I'd love to know if Nate McKinnon decides the same agent. I'd love to know because he's the, uh, he's the gold standard of... He's on how much again? 6.3. Six, 6.3. Oh, my God. <laughs> beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. <laughs> Last recall. two years, Talk. he's had 97 and 99 points. <laughs> Talk about having having two centres wrapped up for <laughs> over $10 million rather than your third and fourth in Nashville. You've got your, your one and two in Colorado in McKinnon yeah, and Cadbury. Not long to go. A month, About a month till puck drop and we're back. Absolutely. Can't wait. Well, we've got we've got the Travis City tournament starting next week. So that'll be oh, good. Yeah. That's time right. for time for rookie tournaments where we all get far too hyped about how well <laughs> some rookies do in like a closed a closed door uh, preseason tournament, which is just what you know August and September are uh, for for NHL fans. A quick prediction: How many of the big RFA's are going to be signed before we next record again in two weeks? None. Uh, yeah, I think none as well. <laughs> when when's training camp starting? Oh, good point. When is training camp? That's that's the thing. Training camp schedule and information. September the twelfth is when training camp starts for everyone. Everyone. Well, that's about yeah. It's about two weeks away. Oh no, sorry, no, it's September eleventh. If only I. Okay, so physicals on the eleventh, on ice on the twelfth. Um, first preseason games are September the fifteenth, fourteenth, thirteenth, fourteenth, September the fourteenth. So two weeks time. Oh, is that going to be? That's going to be training camp. Okay, so you none, none because we're recording yeah. the day of training camp. Um, Still none. But there might be a signing that day. <laughs> but of course, nobody knows well. Haven't That's we learned this by now? Yeah, it's true. We don't know anything. Nobody knows anything. Do you no know one. I can't wait for the next few weeks? All the experts and their prediction shows. Yeah, next next time we meet, I'll go on a rant about all the uh, all the people saying that the stars are going to be really good this year when they're not. <laughs> Ah, uh, yes. No one hates their own team more than you. Well, I try. I try. You try. Alrighty. Let's get out of here. Thank you for listening, folks. If you would like to leave us a five-star rating on iTunes, that would be very good. Oh, See, well, look at that. I remember to well say done. it. I remember pro- to say it. That's proper podcast, that is. Proper podcasting. Christ, what do I, know? What do I say next normally? I've totally forgot. Uh, d- <laughs> oh, yeah. Twitter handles. <laughs> the important part of life. The important part, if you didn't get in touch with us on Twitter, you can. I am at Dan Straight Edge. Will, you are at... W-E-V-E-V-E-R-E-T-T. At 2 bits one puck number two, number one. Will, any last words? Uh, I bought FIFA 18 for £4 on Sunday, and it's the best £4 I've ever spent, ever. There we go. I shall be buying NHL 20 very soon. It looks very good, and I'm quite excited for it, and I'm a sucker. But it's going to be good. Poor, um, poor decision. Poor decision. Well, okay, yes. 
But there we go. Thank you, folks, for listening. Thank you for being patient. We had a bit of a break because doing family things and all that kind of stuff. We just thought it'd be good to recharge the batteries a little bit because yeah. we do actually put some effort into this show, as crazy as that might sound. As, but, as much as it doesn't sound like we do. <laughs> no, we really do. But there we go. Take care, everyone. We'll talk to you later. Peace.